Hello, James. Kristen, it's been like a whole week. I can't bear it. It's too long. It's too long. You know what we need to do to stay in touch during our time apart? We need a WhatsApp group chat. Yes. Oh, my God. Did you know that the royal family have officially got a WhatsApp group chat? I did know that. And that's why I just dropped it into conversation like that nonchalantly. (laughs) This weekend, the husband of the Queen's granddaughter, Zara Tyndall, revealed that the royal family has a number of WhatsApp groups they use to coordinate meetups and presumably send each other hilarious memes. Oh, my God. When do you think Megan is going to be added to it? Or do you think she's already a part of this group chat? Megan is definitely in the group chat. Don't you feel? Yes. What do you think her favorite gifts are? Do you think they're like just corgi butts like us? <laughs> you do send me a lot of corgi butts. <laughs> you love it's alarming. It. You love it. I feel like they're probably sending the Queen at London 2012. Do you remember that <laughs> meme where she's like, let the Hunger Games begin? Or maybe Harry Mike drop? Oh, Yes. Oh my gosh. Do you think the queen is actually on the group chat? I think the queen is there, but I think she's probably got it on mute. (laughs) (laughs) She's definitely muted Sarah Ferguson's chats, right? Oh, you're jumping ahead. We're going to get to some Sarah Ferguson news later, but first we should introduce ourselves. You're right. You're right. I'm James Barr, a royal loving ginger in the UK. And when I was at primary school, my choir sang for the Queen at Westminster Abbey. Say what? Ah! Oh my God. Everyone is so jealous. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, a lifelong royals enthusiast living in the US. And you're listening to When Meghan Met Harry, a royal wedding cast. In each episode, we examine the latest news about the wedding, the most important day in our lives, do a deep dive into a pressing issue about the royal couple, and finally give our predictions for what we think will happen at the royal wedding. So, shall we get to this week's headlines, James? Let's do it. Yes. So, obviously, first up, we have got to talk about Meghan and Harry's appearance at the Endeavor Fund Awards a few days ago. It was such a treat to see them at their first black tie event, and they looked so stunning. Like a great team, actually, huddled under that umbrella, presenting awards, and Meghan even gave a mini speech. Yes, she did. Although the page numbers were mixed up or something during that. Oh, (laughs) That was so cute that she tried to help. Anywho, they were wonderful, and of course, the biggest headline about this event is what Meghan wore. We had no idea. We had no idea if it was going to be a sparkly gown. We had no idea if it was going to be a slim fit dress. We had no idea if it was going to be something with sequins. And of course, she totally surprised us. Yep, Meghan wore trousers designed by Alexander McQueen. She was polished, modern, and so stylish as always. And she threw in Jimmy Choo stilettos and carried a Prada clutch. Oh my gosh, she was so chic. I just couldn't believe how put together she looked and completely threw all of us for a loop. And I'm just curious, do you think any soon-to-be royal woman has ever worn a tuxedo suit to a black tie affair before? I'm Googling it, but I can't imagine that's ever happened before. Megan is rewriting the rules. Oh, I love how she's doing that. I love it. And just a thought here. What if Megan, at the wedding, no. take a listen, you know how a lot of brides wear you can't. A wedding dress, and then at the reception, <laughs> they switch outfits. Right. What if her reception outfit is a tuxedo? I would die. <laughs> I can't see it. I can't. Can you see? I mean, it could happen. It could totally happen. Like, think about when Bianca married Mick Jagger. She wore a tuxedo. I kind of want Megan in a princess dress. <laughs> she can do both. I'm just saying, you don't have to choose one or the other. You can do both if you're Megan. Megan can do anything she wants to do. 
Next, LUK has the story about where Megan might spend the night before the wedding. The custom is to spend the night before the wedding apart from your fiancé. So it's very likely Harry and Megan won't be together, though they might be. They've already broken a lot of traditions. So many. <laughs> Don't talk about the messy barn. Don't talk about the messy barn. It's likely that they're not going to stray too far from Windsor where the wedding is going to be held. So we're suggesting that she maybe is going to spend it at Windsor Castle. That's where Autumn Phillips, who married Harry's cousin Peter Phillips, stayed the night before her wedding in 2008. And it's super close to St. George's Chapel. And when Kate got married to William, she stayed very close to Westminster Abbey. Yes, but also Frogmore House is another option. It's where they took their engagement photos, those sexy, sexy engagement photos that we all love. And there's also the Royal Lodge as another option. Which sounds, yeah, way less glamorous. It's, it sounds less sexy, but the Lodge is pretty fancy. If you're a royal, it's in Windsor. Is it a travel lodge, Because <laughs> that's like a budget UK chain. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> With a little mini fridge that you have to spend $10 to even get a water out of it? No, it's that budget that isn't a mini fridge. <laughs> there's no mini fridge in a travel lodge. There's a roll-out couch bed and, like, a TV with a big bar, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, they're very old school. My sister and I, we stayed in that before my sister's wedding. So I feel like Megan and Harry could keep it real and do a travel lodge. <laughs> there must be one near that Windsor. That would be fun, actually. <laughs> I think that would be pretty fun. Incognito, <laughs> no guards. With hen parties screaming the the night before the wedding. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not That would be it. so fun. They would just like smuggle in 30 bags of Doritos and a bunch of wine coolers. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to yes. be so good. It's going to be so good. But of course, Windsor is beautiful. So So maybe she will stay there. It was the residence of Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, before she died. In 1999, Sophie Wessex spent the night there before her marriage to Prince Edward. However, Prince Andrew currently lives on the grounds. So I don't know if he'd give up the space for Meghan, considering Eugenie's upcoming nuptials. Oh, Eugenie. Trying to steal the thunder again, Eugenie. It's not about you this time. No, we we love her. Go away, Eugenie. We We do. We We love you. (laughs) Go away, away, but we love you. (laughs) Go away until October 12th when it's your wedding. (laughs) More about the wedding location, Bustle asks the important question, is Windsor Castle haunted? I hate this story so (laughs) much. I get so scared. No, I just don't like ghosts. I really believe in it. So it really freaks me out. But let's get into let's get into what Bustle is saying. Apparently, ghost stories have been circulating about the castle for years. And it does make sense because it was built by William the Conqueror and dates back to the Norman conquest, which is centuries of potential ghosting. So many ghosts. So many ghosts. And Express once even reported that there are 25 spirits in residence and that it's one of the most haunted royal homes out there in total. And there's lots of royal homes, but this is probably the most haunted, supposedly. The most famous haunt is the infamous Henry VIII. And one of his beheaded wives, just the one, Anne Boleyn, is also reportedly a Windsor Castle spiritual resident. Uh. Oh, yes. And we have to talk about St. George's Chapel itself. Ten monarchs' remains are interned there, and not all of them died natural deaths. And people have reported seeing centuries that didn't actually exist. So even if you don't like weddings, which if you don't, why are you listening to the show? I don't know why. I don't know why. Anywho, even if you don't like weddings, the big day will still have excitement for you because maybe we'll see some spirits walking down the aisle with the royal couple. Let's just hope they're friendly ghosts. They will be. They will be. What's not to love? We love Megan and Harry. The, the ghosts would only come out to give them hugs. 
Do you think so? I'm not sure. Beheaded Anne Boleyn wandering <laughs> up the aisle. <laughs> we're going to be okay, guys. We're not. We're not going to see that on HD. It's going to be fine. <laughs> Next up, if you missed it, People Magazine's cover story was all about Meghan and Kate's budding new friendship. And we are here for it. So here for it. People Magazine has written saying the two women, both 36, have quickly bonded, helped by their close proximity as neighbours at Kensington Palace. I love how normal that sentence sounds. Yeah, it's just like living in the same apartment complex. You know, you're just like five feet away from me right over there. Yeah. Now, with almost seven years as a royal family member, Kate is reportedly showing Megan the ropes. People quotes a source from Kate's hometown, Buckleberry, saying, <laughs> I'm sure Kate will do all she can to help Megan. And remember, Kate was also, you know, a commoner. I hate the word commoner. Nothing common about these ladies. But Kate was also a commoner. A muggle. Yes. And in her early years of dating Prince William, Kate was mentored by the queen herself. And supposedly she had audiences with the queen quite often and was taught to behave like a future queen herself. So Megan will be learning from the best if she's actually being mentored by Kate right now. Absolutely. And one more funny bit of news about Megan and Kate. The Express had their handwriting analyzed. Oh, of course. Handwriting expert Jamie <laughs> Mason Curran told Express, Kate's T-bars are sometimes placed to the right side of the lowercase T-stems, which signals the sign of temper. She controls her temper because her writing displays a slight right slant, one factor in emotional control. <laughs> I mean, shall I continue? This is this such is BS. Such she also malarkey. controls her temper because of the height of her lowercase D-stems, which are approximately 2.5 to 3 times her mid-zone letters. Huh. <sighs> I don't understand any of that. Yeah, and supposedly Megan also has temper strokes uh, related to her lowercase t-bars. and I, I, I don't even know if we need to give this story any more attention because it is malarkey. This is the good bit. The expert also said Megan uses flourishes that show that she likes attention, <clears throat> the acting career. And yes, it is ridiculous, especially this analysis. One said that Harry and Meghan were incompatible because of their opposite handwriting styles. Oh, <laughs> no. no, no. See, if anything proves how stupid this is, it's that last part. We all know that this is the greatest love that's ever existed. And the idea that how you do a loop or dot an I is why you're not compatible. Uh-uh. No. There is nothing but perfection between these two. Who does handwriting anymore anyway? Let's analyze their WhatsApp messages. Yes. When is the last anything. time I've held a pen? I can't remember. I have never <laughs> held a pen in my adult life. No, no. We are taking a quick break, but stick around. We're going to be back in just a minute for our deep dive on when Megan met Harry. So we were just talking about the ghosts of Windsor Castle earlier, and if that just whetted your appetite for real stories of phantoms and ghouls from merry old England, you should listen to Haunted. Haunted is a panoply podcast that talks to people who are convinced they've seen, heard, and even been touched by ghosts. The host, Danny Robbins, investigates these chilling witness accounts to get closer to the truth. Do ghosts exist, he asks, and if they don't, why do so many of us see them? Subscribe to Haunted on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. That sounds amazing. I'm going to listen to that. And we're back for this week's deep dive. And we have a very exciting one this week. This week we're talking to someone who has actually met in person, 
not on WhatsApp, but in real Stop. life, she no. has met <gasps> Meghan Markle. I can't breathe. We are so excited. <laughs> June Thomas. June is the managing producer of Slate Podcasts. You can hear her on the Double X Gab Fest, and you can follow her on Twitter at June Thomas. June, we're so excited to have you here with us. It's so kind of you to invite me to this auspicious show. Thank you so much. June, what are you not doing in London right now? I want to touch you. <laughs> You've met Meghan. <laughs> It's just too, it's too much for me. How did this happen? Like, oh, tell me everything. So I wish it was a little more like personal, deep, you know, close where we're BFFs and all of that. But actually, it was a set visit. I went to a set visit because I used to write about television. And I went to see the people at Covert Affairs and Suits up in Toronto. And it was one day with Covert Affairs and one day with Suits. And the day with Suits, we hung out a bunch with pretty much... All of them, and one of those wonderful people was Megan. So, you know, I, I know it's a big build-up and a little bit of, yeah, I met everybody on Suits, but she was very striking. Like, way more beautiful than we think she is, right? I mean, she is just objectively gorgeous. There's no doubt about that. I mean, she is flawless, you know? I mean, she's just as... She is one of those people who is even more beautiful in person than she is in her astonishingly beautiful photos and moving images, but she's also, you know, when you go on these set visits, you talk to all of them or they let you talk to the ones that are smart, you know, or <laughs> relatively smart. And she was clearly just really smart, you know, not just actor smart, but really smart. Nice. I find that sometimes when I've interviewed actors over the years or been in these kinds of situations that they kind of just it sounds like they're reading off a list of talking points that the PR rep gave to them to say, oh, Suits season two is. And then, you know, they, they just kind of read off that list of things and they don't actually converse. Was she actually a conversationalist? She was. I mean, you know, that's their job. They should stick to the talking points without you ever thinking, oh, my God, there are talking points. And the bad ones just have talking points like written across their forehead and you can't hear anything else. She did it very subtly. But she also threw in a few like personal things. What? Well, no, I mean, like that she and Rick Hoffman, who plays Louis Litt on the show, had gone to Paris on vacation just for like, you know, as friends. And they and she taught and she like gave you little snippets without ever revealing anything inappropriate because you know, I'm sure there was nothing inappropriate. I hope not. Not with Louis. Right. <laughs> and she and and you know and she talked about how what good friends they were and and it really they actually did the interview together and it was clear that they really did have a really nice relationship. Oh, that's so nice. Did she feel like a princess to you back then? I wish I could say that she did, but when I heard the news, as much as I dislike the royal family, I am so not a royalist, but. I really felt this like... It's never going to happen on the show again. Press the, where <laughs> the is only the ejector seat button? Where is the, the ejector show. seat <laughs> But I really, truly, sincerely thought, okay, this is like the one thing that can make this sustainable. Like, you cannot have a royal family that is like a bunch of upper-class white people. You just really cannot. That cannot, that cannot be the pattern for a multi-ethnic country like Britain. Yeah, I like who are these these, you know, and so it felt like even though it's putting a lot on Megan's shoulders to solve that problem, it did feel like, wow, okay, this this can make this not just this family because it's not really about the family and the individuals; it's about the institution. This is the only way that this institution can last is to bring in people of color and specifically our Megan. I agree with you. Obviously, I think James and I both agree with you on that. But do you think that it's odd that of all the people of color that Harry could have fallen in love with in the UK that he chose an American? For sure. 
you know, just in the way that, like, of course, Harry's never going to be king, barring some completely disastrous event. But just in the way that when I was okay, because I'm I'm much older than James. Well, I mean, let's not get our, let's not get our <laughs> Wikipedia pages out. You know, when I was a kid and they were still looking for partners, spouses, wives, princesses for Charles. And it was always about like, are they the right religion? Are they the right, you know, it was just about their biography. And there's so much pressure on biography. And we saw how that worked out with mm. Charles, you know, like so find sad. someone that you actually yeah. like, that you actually have chemistry with. It doesn't matter. You know, if you look for somebody based on their bio, that's just not going to work in the modern world. And so, yes, I think it would have been, Kristen, it would have been much better. But I, you know, at least this way, it's not. They're not both dying of stress. And she has a little more, you know, even though I would say that her profile pre-princess was pretty low, she has some experience about handling attention and, you know, just pressure. Yeah. But I will say, um, even though I mentioned it might have been nice if Harry married a woman of color from the UK, as an American woman of color, (laughs) I just love this so much. I love this so much. It means that women around the world are suddenly included in this narrative. Women in America, you former oppressors in England, (laughs) we're taking over. We're going to marry you all and we're taking over. (laughs) I am okay with that, just so you know. I'm uh, available. You were just talking, June, about bios. My looking for is not specific at all. So my DMs are open, everyone. So I've watched Suits. I've streamed all of it on Netflix. I love Suits. I think it's great. (laughs) But Kristen, I don't think has seen it. (laughs) Have you seen it, Kristen? Okay, this is the confession that I don't normally bring up on this show. I've seen her Hallmark movies. I've seen other things that she's done. I've seen her major motion pictures, but I've never seen Suits. Oh, my God, Christine, you have such a treat ahead of you. Do I really? Really, you do. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, for, like, is it the greatest show on television? No, it's not. It's very watchable, but also it's super empowering. There are really powerful women in it, women of color. Gina Torres for many years played the big boss and in the most impressive way she also was Rachel's mentor in the show and the I mean just one thing that's a little bit shallow but I am so appreciative of the costumes are amazing this is like for a they're in a law firm they're in a law firm and I mean it's not it's not like a long frock show but the clothes are so magnificent and actually the piece that I wrote that did come out of my set visit was an interview with the costume designer because it's one of those shows like any tv show unless they're a dud the costume designer has the really most interesting insight onto the characters because they you know they dress them to enhance their character and the way that they talked about uh, where she talked about, you know, the, the especially the women, you know, it's called suits. The men basically wear Tom Ford suits, but the women are so beautifully dressed, but also to evoke their characters. And it's it's fantastic. It's a really it's a very watchable show. And she has some great, great scenes. Wow. We might need to have you back just to do a deep dive introduction to Suits for all the people who haven't been watching Suits and who know Megan the same way I do from movies and gossip pages and from Hallmark and so on. Well, you know, I have to mention, just since we've uh, it's kind of on a theme that we've talked about, I was a long-time watcher of the show. I watched it from the beginning. And I remember the episode when Rachel revealed that she was black, which sounds like a weird thing to say, but it it was not mentioned. And then at one point, her father was introduced as a character played by Wendell Pierce 
and he was a he's Wendell a, Pierce was on the show. He's her father on the show. Oh my god! This is a great show. Wow! Uh, and at that point, Patrick J. Adams, who plays her boyfriend now, I guess husband. I must confess, I have a few unwatched episodes <laughs> on my TiVo, and she, you know, she he like gave her a look, and she said, "What did you think it was just a suntan?" Oh, wow! <laughs> and you know, that's like that. That sounds a bit cheesy, but it actually was again a really interesting and not uh, dismissive way of like really talking about biracial identity and you know what did you expect her to you know have pictures of Nelson Mandela in her you know like how what how what is it to be a light-skinned black woman and that was really interesting wow this sounds like a much smarter show than i realized yeah oh yeah yeah it's a smart show with mm. some rather dumb bits in it <laughs> I was going to say, actually, there's a lot of, God damn it, there's like a whole Reddit page dedicated to all the times God damn it's been said in suits. Um, do you think that Megan will be using some of her suits phrases around Harry and in the palace? I wonder, because one of the things that always strikes me about suits, one of the things that is not subtle about is they obviously have a ration of like six shits <laughs> per episode. And, you know, it's, it's a kind of an unusually forthright swearing for basic cable. And I, I'm sure that Megan must have had some of those shits. So that sounds like a good phrase. <laughs> And there's a lot of get out of my office as well. Get out of my goddamn office. Yes. I can imagine the, qu- the queen yeah. quoting some of the suits <laughs> phrases back at Megan. Oh, my yeah, God. Exactly. Can I you hope... imagine the queen watching suits? And... I hope so. Well, it's well, one of the great things about the crown, right, that they're always watching TV, and I, which I absolutely adore because you don't get enough people on television watching television because that's what we all do every night. And so I, <laughs> I, I dream of Brenda watching suits. Wait, who's Brenda? Did I miss that? Bre- oh, Brenda. No, Brenda is what Private Eye calls. Uh, oh, the, the <laughs> I'm, I totally missed that. <laughs> do they really call her that? <laughs> Yes. And I once years ago when I was a, a fact checker, I had to write and say, um, does, does Brenda, is that what they, and they were like? That's what we call her. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I don't know that they have any more uh, sort of basis for that. But that's the name that they've used for her for many years. June, what do you think that Meghan is going to bring to the royal family and Britain, like on a more serious note? Yeah, well, she is absolutely unflinchingly, explicitly feminist. She is absolutely unflinchingly, you know, not that she would need to, a woman of color. I think her forthrightness is really something that is going to be great. I mean, Harry's mom kind of brought change to Britain, but in a mo- in a weird way, because she. I think that what Di brought was like therapy speak. Diana had obviously, for, for unfortunate reasons, had a lot of therapy, and she brought that to Britain. Like the way she would speak in interviews after a certain point, was very therapy speaky, and although it sounded out of place at the time and sounded weird, I think that was actually really, really useful for Britain. As someone who's been living outside of Britain and just pops over every year or so, the country has changed. And I'm not saying it was all because of Diana gave a few feelings expressing interviews, but it was a big part of it, I think. But she was never explicitly a feminist, and so I think just that explicitness is going to be so good. And I think, again, it's really important to have a woman of color in the royal family. I completely agree. Oh, we are so yeah. excited for this. We are so excited, June. Are you going to go to the wedding with all of us? <laughs> well, you know, I'm waiting for my invitation because, you know, obviously we totally be obsessed. We go, you know, we're like this. I'm, yes. I'm putting my fingers very close together. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm expecting to be there. 
All right. Well, let's get our fascinators ready. <laughs> fascinators do not do well with with uh, radio headphones, though. We'll make it work. We'll make it we'll work. Make it work. Oh, we'll yeah. make it work. Megan could make it work. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. June, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so thrilled to have you here sharing your story of your personal interactions with, with Megan. Megan, your yes. BFF friendship with her. <laughs> My BFF, our long, long, long relationship <laughs> that lasted ooh, half a day. Half a oh, day, though. We're I so mean, jealous. We're so jealous. <laughs> Again, June Thomas is the managing producer of Slate Podcasts, and you can hear her on the Double X Podcast and follow her on Twitter at June Thomas. Thanks, June. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back in just a moment with this week's Royal Wedding Prediction. Is June invited to the wedding? That's the prediction we're making today. Every day I go home, I look in my mailbox. Nothing yet, but still time. It'll come. It'll come. Check your spam, June. Check your spam. And we're back. And remember, every week we make a prediction about the wedding day. And on the big day, we'll collect all the predictions into a drinking game slash bingo board. So all of you out there can play along during the ceremony and be as wasted as we are on Pims and Gin. At 8 a.m. PST or whatever time it will be. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited for the ceremony. I'm going to start looking at outfits soon. And we're getting our bingo board together with all our predictions. What is today's prediction? All right. So this is a pretty big one. And I can't believe we're predicting this. There's a lot of disagreement about this. So this is a bold prediction we're making. Harry's aunt, Sarah Ferguson, will be invited to this wedding. Dun, dun, dun. There was loads of controversy about this. The Daily Mirror reported uh, this weekend that the wedding invites are expected to go out this week. Check your inboxes, everyone. And a royal insider had claimed that Sarah Ferguson would not be receiving one. Sarah Ferguson, of course, is Eugenie and Beatrice's mum. <laughs> so she's partly responsible for those awful outfits at Kate and Will's wedding and got divorced from Prince Andrew back in 1996. So, is she invited or not? The Mirror quoted a friend who said, Harry and Meghan have been close to Eugenie and Jack, which had increased Fergie's hopes of getting an invitation, but Harry doesn't trust Fergie to keep her mouth shut and respect their privacy. (laughs) Fergie does have a problem keeping her mouth shut. She does, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And those memes that she was putting out when, (laughs) when Eugenie got engaged. Oh, it was so fun. And reminder, Fergie was not invited to Will's and Kate's wedding. She was absent, even though her beautiful daughters were there in their beautiful outfits at Will's and Kate's wedding. Fergie Mm. was absent. Let's remember that. That's why she sent them in those outfits. (laughs) The Daily Mail's royal sources say that she will be invited to at least part of the day, maybe the screening that is going to be taking place at Kensington Palace. But we're predicting that Fergie will be at the wedding. Yes, she's going to be at the wedding itself. She's going to be there with Eugenie. She's going to be there with Beatrice. All three of them are going to be wearing something interesting. (laughs) And the whole world will cheer when we see Fergie there because Fergie means you don't know what's going to happen next when she's there. The reason we think this is because Prince Harry is actually very close to his wedding rival Eugenie. So it kind of makes sense that he would invite her entire family and it will help to heal some wounds. And Fergie's so fun. We should predict, if, if this happens, we are going to make this a double shot on the bingo board. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what Fergie would do. 
What would yes. Fergie do? <laughs> she would do a yes. double shot because <laughs> so she's true. there. She has her invitation. She's there in her ridiculous outfit. We're all thrilled. Everybody's happy she's there. So, <laughs> yes, that is our royal wedding prediction of the week. Sarah Ferguson, she will be at the wedding. I can't believe that she wasn't at the Kate and Will's wedding, especially as when she had a divorce from Andrew and the Queen said, what do you want? <laughs> in like a closed door meeting. She just said, I want your friendship. That's what I read. Oh, that's so sad. She only sad. wanted to be friends with the Queen. I know, that that's so, so sad. so sad. Oh, God, that's what you get for trying to sell out your husband to the press, though. Or your ex-husband, right. I should say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the Queen was barely holding on during those Weight Watchers ads anyway and just needed one more reason to cut her off. Poor Fergie. That's our prediction for this week. Before we go, we have a very vital request. Yes, and that's that you rate and review our show. It helps other Megan and Harry fans find us, and it's an easy way for you to support the show. Also, send us pictures of your dogs. We've started tweeting out a Corgi of the Day from our Twitter account, at Royal Wedding Pod, and we just love dogs and they don't need to be corgis and we especially love dogs and clothes and we especially especially love it when you dress your dog in royal garb so yes. if, if you have pictures of your dog wearing royal clothing we'll especially love that and send those photos to us at royal wedding pod and we'll just retweet them we'll share them with all the other listeners out there who also love regal canines and i know that some of you with cats are probably going to do the same thing and that's acceptable too yes i want to see a ginger harry cat you can dress your cats and dogs your any pet in fact as harry and megan if you could do that actually yes that would be perfect please do that thank you i'm so desperate <laughs> and as always you can also email us at when megan met harry at panoply.fm when Meghan Met Harry is produced by Her Royal Highness, Lindsay Cradwell. Special thanks to Ryan Dilley, our producer in London, also known as the Earl of Podcasting. And as always, thanks to Andy Bowers, the Archduke of Panoply. Have you got your own predictions to share with us? Send us an email when Meghan Met Harry at panoply.fm and our Twitter again is at Royal Wedding Pod. Don't forget to tell all your Hagen watches and Anglophiles. And until next time, I'm James Barr. I'm Kristen Meinzer. We love you. Bye-bye. Love forever. Suits. Are you off to watch Suits? Well, I have to now, right? I have (laughs) to. If you've not streamed the entire, how many seasons are there? If you've not streamed all seasons by the time we speak next week, this is over. (laughs) Okay, okay. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm going, I'm I'm just going to borrow all of June's copies of the show. Yeah. 